I just came back from the salon. And for the record, I went with a sassy little bob and quiet luxury shade of blonde. Yes, that's literally what we're calling it, quiet luxury. Aside from trips to the salon, I don't actually blow out my hair. My hair is naturally wavy, and that's why I love Way. Way's new anti-frizz cream is a lightweight cream that provides immediate frizz control that lasts for up to 72 hours. I know that I have a limited amount of time <laughs> with wet, wavy hair in which to get myself in order. And that is why I love the anti-frizz cream. It has notes of bergamot, Italian lemon, violet, and more. And it smells un. Believable, Truly, as someone who is a little bit sensitive to scents, I put this in my hair and I feel great. It also genuinely pairs well with my perfume, which I appreciate. I don't blow out my hair because after years of color processing and attempting to make it straight, I know it looks better and stays healthier when I avoid blow drying, which is why I love the anti-frizz cream. I've used products, especially with wavy hair, where it feels heavy and looks kind of wet. And that's why I love Waze Anti-Frizz Cream because it enhances the natural waves in my hair. I still look like me, just a little elevated. And P.S. I am way obsessed with Waze's other bestsellers. Their leave-in conditioner, detox shampoo, my personal favorite. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E- O-U-A-I dot com and enter promo code Andy for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com with promo code Andy. In the words of Meredith Marks, when it comes to that week, week and a half before my period, I wish I was disengaging. My PMS is off the charts. Truly Uber Eats needs to check in and say, it's about that time, isn't it? I know it is. The cravings are crazy. I want to crawl out of my skin. Now it's easier to manage PMS with Estro Control. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony and Estro Control, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality, and it shows. For AGs who are friends of perimenopause, menopause, or postmenopause, Happy Mammoth has Hormone Harmony. It's not just a supplement for women going through those stages. It's also become a phenomenon. Women can't stop talking about it on social media. A bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code ANDYSGIRLS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code ANDYSGIRLS for 15% off today. I'm engaging. Don't join my friend circle if you're more of a square. That's good. You can call me a gossip entrepreneur because I know everybody's business. <laughs> Wait, that took me. I had to think about that. I didn't get it. Oh, I love it. I'm I not lo- going to lie to you. <laughs> I love when you had to think about it. <laughs> I'm a 
I'm a thinker. You guys, it's Andy Scrolls. It's episode 328. And I am so excited to have, obviously, the heart and soul of this podcast back on the on the show. Who Sidebar was like, I don't know, more prepared <laughs> for this episode than I have ever been at anything in my entire life. You know him as writer, producer, co-host of the phenomenal podcast you might know her from, and of course, most importantly, for history, for the Smithsonian, a Bravo-based psychology <laughs> podcast, welcome back, OG of the AG, Damian Bellino. Damian, how are you? Oh, I'm coming in hot. I feel like there's so much stuff to discuss, so much content to to talk about, and I think that your listeners, your fans, your followers know this a little bit, but like I send more than you send me. Occasionally you'll send me like an eight minute long voice note, mm-hmm. but like I send you like 12 one minute voice notes like every day about things that I'm like, I just, I'm listening to two teas in a pod. Don't listen, <laughs> but let me tell you these 12 things I'm taking away from it. And you very grace, graciously, uh, I guess, listen to them theoretically. When you <laughs> respond, I generally know that you did, but sometimes, you know, you never know. Um, but yeah, so I have a lot to say, and I've been saying a lot of things to you in the privacy of our text and Instagram exchanges. Well, I mean, there is sort of nothing more politically incorrect than the voice notes that I send to you, which are always like, whatever's a cut. Like, it's, always, <laughs> like, it's always like a terrible thing that I'm saying, and yours are always so articulate oh and gosh. interesting and then I just keep saying to you we need to have you back we need to have you back but then I don't know because it's like I want to have you on every episode but then we also have our own episodes also known as like our friendship like we'll exchange so many voice notes back and forth that it truly I was actually thinking this do you think this would be a good idea let's just say that let's just speak this into existence maybe one day we do like a weird like, you know how, like, Barry sometimes does episodes that are, like, completely insane and, like, don't make any sense and they're genius? Maybe we do an episode that's just us sending voice notes back to each other. Don't you think that could be kind of cool? That's interesting um, because I feel like if it's all Housewives-focused, then it's, like, you don't get the other person to re- have a rebuttal. Like, obviously, you can have a rebuttal, but it's not, like, you can't interrupt the flow of conversation, which is interesting. Yeah, maybe we won't do that. But, um, <laughs> it could- it could be. We did a once wild get in a fight about Kim and Kyle via voice yes. note, you know. So I think that is like maybe the the thing that is a is a hard part of it is that like that you start to accept these voice notes and there's no nuance because it's like, well, this is just your opinion, and then it's like, well, this is my opinion. We didn't talk to each other for <laughs> <laughs> like, guys. When I tell you that we fought, like I. I don't remember. I remember it was about Kim versus Kyle. I don't remember what was said. We should probably not repeat it so that I'm not further triggered into like I think we talked about it on an episode at a certain point. Okay. Yeah. But we didn't. I was like very upset. Yeah. Same. You know, I don't know why. But like, I mean, I do know. (laughs) I do know. I do know why. It's like, I do know why I defend Kim. But like some of it is just the like devil's advocate in me. And some and I like to feel like people have people on their side you know which again which is a great segue into why housewives like dynamics to me need to shift because you can't isolate people and like not have people on people's sides you know like like when you think of what's a good example I think that in girls trip if that had been a regular season 
There, mm-hmm. is, there would have been a good chance that people would have been like, we have to ice Dorinda out. But because these women were there for eight days and because they were all such pros, obviously that didn't happen. But when you think about like that, wasn't there a season of OC when Tamara and Shannon just didn't film with Vicky because they like were so mad at her from the previous season and it took mm. them the entire season to get back to filming. And it's like, that's not fun to watch. And sometimes I feel like, Beverly Hills it's like obviously the dynamics are are changing but it's been like a three season attempt to shift these dynamics and it still doesn't feel like when you see women who are they're not OGs but like the women who've been there longer so Kyle and her crew of like what the Fox whatever and then you see the newer women which would be like Garcelle and Crystal and Sutton when you see any of those I think Crystal feels like the most like natural like fit in with the Fox Force, whatever. But like Garcelle and Sutton, it still feels like they are on an island of their own. And I don't know. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Like that dynamic where it's like the dynamics are not shifting quick enough for me. And I think that's what's necessary. Like people, someone needs to say, we need to see the other side. Like Dorit needs to be like, we need to see the other side. And if that means that I'm jeopardizing this friendship with this like these co-stars, that's okay because that's going to make the better show. It needs to be more parody in the dynamics. It can't be two against six. Like, that's not cool. That's such a great point. But it also makes me question, like, do you think there really has been a focus on shifting the dynamics? Especially since, as you said, Crystal has seemed to get along with the Fox Force, which TBD because of the mid-season trailer. But I I don't know that I agree that there has been a focus on reshaping the cast. I think there has been a focus be- from the from behind the scenes. I think that the show and like the production and the network know that the dynamics need to shift in order for story to be interesting. And I think that anytime someone finds themselves in a position of power as a fan favorite, as a you know, network darling, as a production darling, they start to feel invincible. And I think that if history of reality TV has taught us anything, that so many times when that happens, like many women maybe remain untouchable, but so often on these shows, you eventually see when those women hit the wall with production being like, we're not playing nice anymore because you're being a jerk or we've protected you for a really long time and you refuse to change your behavior. So I think Dorinda's last season on New York was an example of that. Not that they were like protecting her prior, but I think they weren't trying to offer her grace in the edit. I think they showed it. I think Teresa just got an interesting edit her last season, which is like, she's still the star of the show, but she's not being positioned as a hero, you know? And I mm. think that... Um, on other shows like Dre and Michelle that happened where they like showed footage that a producer caught on a, on a, on basketball wise on a phone when the cameras shut down because she was being a jerk and not showing up. And they were like, cool. She got in a fight with one of the other ladies about like how her storyline about her cancer was boring. And that like made her quit the show then because she realized she no longer had that leverage. It happened to Dredd on mob wives. It happened to, uh, I don't know, Leanne on Dallas Housewives. I feel like it, Bethany's second season back when she was kind of just like a total jerk mm-hmm. off and Andy said on Watch What Happens Live, like, after your last season, remember I told you to try to come back in? It's like, I feel like when the show stops protecting people, the women don't know how to, like that woman generally doesn't know what to do. And I think we're seeing that a little bit with Rinna right now. And maybe, and maybe even... I don't think Erica, because I think she's kind of like, whatever, I need the job. Like, I'll do whatever. (laughs) I think that Kyle still feels safe and maybe rightfully so. But I think that I listened to your last episode and I think that some of what you're talking about of like 
Rinna critiquing production about like they didn't give Lois enough. It's like, girl, the show is about conflict resolution in a group of friends. And yes, everyone has mm-hmm. interesting, quote unquote, interesting independent storylines. But like we had an episode devoted to your mom's passing where we had a montage towards her. We've talked talked about the hummingbirds and the robins and the, and the fucking seagulls all being your mom. What else do you want? And then she talked about scenes getting edited out and like, and then Teddy, I know I shouldn't mention her, but like on the podcast, she was saying like, it's interesting that Rena brought Trigger that. Warning. Like, are they bringing, like, is, is that because they want people to feel a certain way about Sutton? And Tamara was like, okay, but also people, Rena should know better than to tweet about scenes they're not showing. Cause like also maybe it was boring and production really doesn't like when you do that. And she should know better as a housewife that's been on this show for like seven years. And I was like, yes, Tam, drag Rena. And I think Lisa Rena feels the shift in, she knows that. Garcelle is a fan favorite. She knows that I think less so that Sutton is a fan favorite, but Sutton is like people root for Sutton because she's not afraid to get messy and call things out. And I think she's feeling that shift of like, oh, I came on and did this with Vanderpump. Like I came on uh, and like the fourth or fifth season and like shook shit up and like had conflict with Kim, had conflict with LVP. I drove both of them off the show, but now there's new people that are being brought on. Allegedly they're like, beloved producer just quit got fired moved on so i feel like the shit behind the scenes stuff is changing at beverly hills and i think rinna is expressing her frustration with that encoded like this and i I, my dad's dead so i'm allowed to fucking critique her crying about her mom like it's that's real her grief is real but also like girlfriend that's not what you signed up for and you didn't give and i don't care about lvp but like you didn't give a fuck when her brother committed suicide on which is a lot different honestly than your 91 year old mom dying you know you didn't get offer her any grace when you ran her off the show so like i wish that garcelle and sutton had like the thirst bucket maliciousness that i think rena does possess in her belly so that they could actually just like run her off the show because like i'm so like exhausted by the it's just not fun it's not fun watching the popular people always win and that's what we've watched i feel like for many seasons now of of Beverly Hills. And I'm sorry, I'm going to stop talking in one second, but I think that is what's making this new season of Atlanta so refreshing. It's like, it's kind of like what OC did. It's like a soft reboot, but I think it's much more successful. And like, yes, are Marlo and Sheree doing the most? Absolutely. Are they making Kenya and Candy work for their fucking paychecks? Absolutely. Do I wish that someone would light a fire under Rinna or Dorit or Kyle's ass the way that Marlo is? Like, absolutely, because you can watch, like, the after show, it's like Drew with Candy, Kenya with Sheree. Sanya with Marlo it's like that's wild when you watch the Beverly Hills Housewives it's like okay it's Garcelle with with Sutton and Erica with Dorit it's like nothing is surprising because it's like the alliances are so clear opposed to being like Dorit hates Sutton but Dorit loves Garcelle it's always like well it's Dorit and Erica versus Sutton and Garcelle you know it's like shake the shit fucking up it's annoying done i hear you and i love this i think we are in fact having the voice notes style episode and <laughs> obsessed with it. i'm sorry i'm sorry you know, i'm sorry don't apologize i think your insight is spectacular and i also think you know i just kind of wonder we talk about like the popular girls club and like uh, and you're mentioning a, a potential transition and i just don't know that i like maybe it'll be more evident to me next season. Maybe I'm I I'm not seeing a true transition of power and how these women are 
behaving, if that makes any sense. Like, I still feel like they have so much lopsided power. And even the mid-season trailer for BH, which I just watched. I just watched the episode as well. I was, like, holding off on it because I was unnerved. Um, But, you know, in that mid-season trailer, Crystal's mentioning the earrings. And there's, like, an explosion of fury of these women saying, how dare you bring it up? trying to bully her into silence and it's like well I'm not really I don't know that Crystal's gonna win in that dynamic I think that's one of those things of like with bated breath just you know hands in prayer wait for the audience reaction the popular girls club to me is like I guess the audience I think that there is a majority of people hating the Fox Force whomever but like I'm not seeing that play out in the dynamics in the cast I don't think there's gonna be a huge I don't know that there's gonna be a huge change after this Tam- season Tamara and Teddy do because they said that's why they cast so many people is like they do this as like a way of like moving as like shifts and whether that's true or not I don't know because I don't think that Diana was a success right well I don't think that Diana was coming for the Fox 4 she's like best friends with Lisa Rinna what adding women doesn't mean taking away power from the Fox Force that's the problem well I think though that generally speaking right that at a certain point people who've been around for a long time if they feel like their stories have run out then they are fired and whether they'll offer I mean I don't know I maybe Rena shows up at the latter half of the season because she's coming for Kyle I mean I'm sorry Kathy but I don't know I mean the fact I I have to say that the fact that Kathy fuck Kyle Rena and Erica like did a press tour together like they all went on Teddy's podcast again I'm so sorry but like the, knowing that like Eric, whatever conflict Erica and Rena have has been fine is fine now, and theoretically whatever conflict Kyle and Rena have is fine now, it does take a little bit of the like wind out of my sails. Like I was more excited to see like Kyle face off against Rena, but now I'm like, does she take Rena's side over Kathy's, or like is everyone just like, you know, hunky dory now? Like I want there to still feel like there's palpable tension coming into the reunion opposed to feeling like everybody's fine and everyone's just basically acting for the show you know not to be that person but like I don't believe that there was ever tension with I think that the tension that Kyle Kyle will always have tension with her sisters I think any tension with her friends of like don't say that like even with the Rinna when Rinna said that Kim was like likely to die by the end of the day by the end of like business hours there was a discomfort that Kyle felt maybe a light tension but I don't I I don't I believe that there's a true tension with Kyle and her sisters that has probably always existed I don't know that there's really a true tension with Kyle and Rena that happens this like that to me is like questionable or it's like maybe really you don't think that there's real conflict about Whatever happened, and who knows? I mean, I feel like the rumors are probably more like more interesting and salacious than anything we're actually going to see. But you don't think that there's real conflict about Kathy, about Rena going out of her way to make sure that stuff that happened off camera is brought up on camera to make Kathy look bad. You don't think that Kyle's going to be like, you're an asshole. I think that Kyle's going to say you're an asshole, but it's one of those things of like, I promise I'm not lying, but you cross your fingers behind your back. I think that there's a lot more freedom that the Fox Force feels about expressing tension and anger to each other because their alliance and their production power is so strong that I think that they probably feel comfortable expressing tension and anger to and about each other 
because they know that they they're like power together like hashtag stronger together like i think that they know that they can express animosity or whatever to each other because they'll all end up okay like i don't believe that that is real to me like i think that like if kyle expresses whatever i i in my head am like okay but like there's a little bit of a wink there i don't know that because i don't know that they're interested in not ultimately getting along because that would involve breaking this down why would they want to they don't give because a they want to make a good anything, show because they want to, i don't know that they care about making I, a good they're, they do they're they, rushing, they want to get renewed and make and make more money like they want to get renewed for another season and be brought back and make money like that's uh, yeah but i don't think that they think that that's not going to happen i think that they're more interested in making a good show by throwing Sutton or Garcelle under the bus like I don't think that they think that making a good show is turning on each other it's why that has truly not happened up to this point why would they be like wow we're real I mean Lucy Lucy like why would they feel like oh gosh wow but to me you know I don't know how this is turning out I think that they're so blind I think that that was a more interesting season and here's why because Whatever you thought Kyle and LVP's relationship was, they had a frenemyship. They seemed like they could be very good friends at times, and then they seemed like they really didn't like each other but were both fighting to be the star of Beverly Hills. Dorit came on as LVP's, you know, ally lapdog, and I think that Teddy came on, I think, as Dorit's friend, which is obviously fake, but then was, like, being used as a pawn by LVP. So when when those dynamics shifted, it was interesting to me – because you were actually seeing people be like, you've been doing this for years, and now we all finally are like raising the veil and say and calling out what it is, opposed to going along with what you have told us to do. What's not interesting now that those women have all remained aligned and act like we want to watch them continue to punch down. And like what I mean by punch down is like watching the new housewives, game. the new housewives yeah. get be the always be in the hot seat and always be the ones that are at like on the uh, receiving end of their whatever conflict and drama. And I think that the show knows it needs to bring in cycle in new housewives because they need to, they need, like I think that Sutton is, is clumsy with her words and is kind of annoying sometimes, but I think she's like a necessary asset to the show because she doesn't know how to do it so well. And so therefore her clumsiness creates conflict that seems at least somewhat organic and real. She puts her foot in her mouth. She says the wrong thing. She can be passive aggressive, but she also can be kind of like mean, but also like funny. And I think all of that is valuable. I think watching four people or yeah, four people who are like very seasoned at it now do it. It all just feels like you guys are just like throwing the same people under the bus, under the bus. And like now they're letting Diana do it for them. I don't know. I just, I, I would love to know what you think, because I think that I've heard some critique, two things. One is that I think that Bravo, like fans that are really vocal on social people like you who have like platforms, but also just like super fans who are tweeting and Instagramming, um, are over the Fox Force 5. But I'd be curious to know, like, what, like, those their Q scores are. You know, like, when they do testing um, in the middle of a season and they to try to get a taste of, like, who is Middle America loving? Who do they hate? Who do we bring back? I think that a lot of times those women probably are doing, are rate, ranking well, which is why they are coming back. Like, they're getting good Q ratings. I, I think otherwise they wouldn't continue to keep all of them on. I think Teddy getting a bad Q rating is probably why she was fired because they were like, oh, everybody hates her. Everybody thinks she's boring. Um, so that's like part one is like, I I think that even though we feel way about it, I do think that 
maybe other parts of the fan base that are less vocal or less have bigger don't have as big platforms are, are still into them. I think the other thing is like, what do you think of the way Atlanta dynamics are changing? Like, does it feel too forced to you? Are you interested in the way their dynamics are changing? Okay, there's a lot there. Is there? So I'm going to start. Yes. So I'm going to start with the BH of it all. I don't know how much it matters that content creators seem to overwhelmingly, not all, but overwhelmingly dislike and, uh, you know, yeah, I agree with Fox you. Force and are not enjoying because I do think that there's a huge pocket of viewers who are thinking of BH through the lens of glitz and glamour. They're still getting that. And I don't know. I don't know what like the true opinion of viewers is because I'm also in a bubble of like content creators. So I see like-minded people expressing often a like-minded opinion about specifically about the Fox Force. And I don't know that um, that that's like the majority of viewership. I also don't know how much that matters because there's always going to be people who don't like what we're watching regardless. So like I don't know how much the specifics of the anti-Fox Force you know uh, viewpoint like I don't know how much that factors into what production is thinking and I still don't think that like these women are thinking I think that they are thinking they're giving good tv because they are putting pressure on people it just so happens that it's like so um it's like a foregone conclusion that they as a majority are going to needle and put pressure on Sutton Mm -hmm. or say things to fuck with Garcelle. Like that's not interesting, but it doesn't to me. I I don't, I'm not thinking that the Fox force in the middle of production is thinking um, we need to give better content or something. I think that they think that's what they're doing is like by doing these things. And like with the Diana addition to the show, it sort of ends up being more of the same, but different because when Diana and Sutton are fighting, Diana might sometimes feel like a spiritual addition to the Fox Force, but she's not. So I guess that's a little bit of a change. Like, I'm not sure that I'm buying the idea that the Fox Force um, is like sensing a need to shift stuff because I just think that they would never do that because this is just kind of the environment that they've created. It would literally require someone being demoted or fired and someone else coming in who can just take them on. I don't think that this construct is going to change anytime soon. I just think you need to pull some of these people out and add, but I don't know how you add people. Cause like, I don't think Diana was added to change the Fox force. I think she was added because casting thought here's like a super wealthy woman. Who's like not afraid to say what she thinks. And like, here's the show. Like, I don't know that anybody, I don't think that they were thinking in terms of like evening out the dynamics. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I think that they do think of those things when they start, when they make shows, because they have to think about like, what will the storyline be? And if everybody's friends, then it's not fun. So like, maybe they should just remove Garcelle and Sutton and like, and and Crystal and watch them implode. Like, you know what I mean? Like that, because then they would have to do the thing that they, that they, like they would have to turn on each other and be like, cool. You know, of course I don't want that to happen, but yeah, I don't know that they sense that they need to change the dynamics. I sense that they, as in Lisa Rinna, feel like that maybe like the powers that be feel like things are changing and the powers that be don't think that Lisa Rinna is like the ultimate messy villain queen. And she's Mm, like, well, my mom died and you guys didn't even give it grace. And like, you didn't show that scene with Sutton. And it's like, girl who you're pleading your case to who you're trying to see, but you're making product, you're undermining the show. It's like, 
people, they don't, in my opinion, and in my like professional career, like they don't love when you throw the show under the bus. Like you can't say like, what I said on the show wasn't real. What really happened is something that I, I didn't happen. It's like, okay, Crystal, come to the reunion. Be prepared to like support why you just shit all over your job and made them look bad. It's like, Rinna, tweet Crystal. about... Yeah, Crystal said that the thing she said on the show wasn't really the thing, and but she's oh, not going to say okay. the thing. So I feel Got like it. Crystal needs to be prepared to like talk about why she threw her show on her her job under the bus. And I think Rinna, it's like, why are you tweeting about things that are getting edited out and implying that like they're not doing you or your mom a service? Again, it's your job. Like you can speak out against it, but I just think it's a slippery slope to be on unless you're really able to back it up. And I have a feeling that whatever Rinna has up her sleeve in the second half of the season might be enough. But I don't know. It's, I mean, who knows? Who knows if Kathy comes back, if Kathy engages with it, if Kathy, Kathy said she's going to show up to the reunion. So I guess we shall see. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I do think that Diana probably will quit and also not be asked back. But I like wonder, like, will she even show up at the reunion? I did look at her Instagram last night because I know it's coming here. And I was like, oh, she's still promoting the show. Because part of me was like, She's not on Watch What Happens, hasn't been on Watch What Happens Live. She's not on the after show. She said racially insensitive things. She seems like, based on walking into a scene with Sutton and going, what do we do? She seems to not really want to play the game. So I was like, maybe she kind of already quit and they're just kind of keeping things moving for the show. But then I was like, well, she's promoting it on her Instagram. But I kind of wouldn't be surprised if she doesn't even show up to the reunion because she's like, I don't want to do this. I'm not coming back. Um, but I don't know. We'll see, I guess. And Kathy just rejoined. I like Cherie. I'd be interested to see, like, she's the way that she's being fit in feels cool. Like, she has a smart and funny based on what we've seen, but I don't know. I don't know that that's actually going to, like, threaten anybody, you know? It's wild how much job security Erica has. Like, I'm not even... It's just kind of, like, the way that she's allowed to position things and just, like, the L.A. magazine or, like, the way that... There's no pushback on anything and even Crystal raising but the earrings in the trailer and the fact that she's very quickly mauled by the Fox Force. It's just kind of spectacularly chaotic morally and otherwise that these women like they're so close and so united. And I think Rinna does feel fragile about what will happen if Erica is held to account. The way that she's tripling down is just... I know, but those trailers are so hard to go yeah, by. Yeah, so Like, when she's like, Crystal, but... shut your mouth. And it's like, then you watch the scene and it's a joke. You know what I mean? And it's like totally... Mm -hmm. Like, they flip... They literally will change the way the person is facing in the thing so it looks like they're talking a different... Like, they do crazy things to get you speculating. I also remember in the original trailer, Garcelle says, is like... Garcelle went on the reel and talked about Erica and the earrings with like Lonnie Love. So I feel like that is like Garcelle and Erica I know have, and then Erica and then Erica throw Gar throws Garcelle's book, book out. So like I wonder, you know, like if it's Garcelle and Erica and, and maybe Crystal chimes in, but they're like, you know, positioning it to get us be like, poor Crystal, how's she at the getting the brunt of uh Rinna's venom or whatever? I don't know. I I wish the season was just moving faster. I feel like they're doing a disservice to the show by having so many episodes. 
Um, absolutely agree. And it's just such a like there are aspects of Lucy Lucy, the tension at the reunion between Dorit and Teddy when Dorit is like, so you didn't speak out to like protect me. You were participating in this. It was only when you found out you were going to be thrown under the bus that you like spoke out against LVP. Like, totally. That kind of tension is interesting to me. I just think that um, God forgive me for saying this, but I think the edit <laughs> slash Manola Blahnik, um, my deity of choice. I think the edit is giving me a little bit, and I don't mean this full. I'm just a smidge, a little bit of a smidge of last season's horrifying New York in the way that they are positioning like ghastly behaviors as entertainment where I'm just tired. Like I want these women to be like screaming about the husband, maybe screaming about family relationships and dynamics, like getting into that. Like if we need to get into it, even though I think this whole thing with Kathy and Kyle is so fucking weird, like, and it's going to be stretched out. Like a tantrum is going to be like a whole thing. If that's like Kathy allegedly like shit talking Kyle, like whatever happens. Okay. If you want that to last like 65 remaining episodes, fine. But I just think the edits and like the to be continued of someone making a a really um, insensitive and gross joke about another person's eating disorder when it comes to like you can't have this chicken nugget is like so wildly insensitive and gross. And I'm just not I can't get out of the maybe it's because I'm like in a weird space with my own mental health. Like I can't get out of fixating on Beverly Hills and it's like actually unhealthy I think like as a in this fake magical world of like discussing housewife psychology I think I'm like attracted to this thing that is harming me (laughs) genuinely like when it comes to BH I, I just there are aspects of this with everything that happened with Garcelle and her kids at the party with some of Erica's confessionals with what Erica said to Crystal, which I don't really want to get into because it's incredibly triggering with my own stuff. Um, It's just, and like a to be continued, it's, um, it's very dark. It's, it's uh, not entertaining. And maybe there's some value in the sense that like in real life, people are terrible. So like we're getting that, but it's just, um, it's very dark. And uh, not healthy. I don't think that this season of Beverly Hills is healthy for me. I know I don't, which is why I'm obsessed with it. Is there so in how, a bad way? How not I, to, <laughs> obsessed with talking about how much I dislike it. So, how is the best way to support you as not only your host guest host in this episode, but also a friend? Should we keep talking about it, or do should we no, pivot to girls' shift. trip in Atlanta? I just—it's so disappointing, and I feel like. Last season had so much of a response that they were like, we're tripling down. We're starting filming five seconds after the reunion and it's going to be a 73.5% episode run of this season. And it's like an embarrassment of riches, except we're all poor. You know, like it's just, it's not good and I can't stop talking about it. And I hate that I spend so much time talking about it. And, um, I don't know. Um, Best wishes. May its memory be a blessing. Um, I look forward to watching it with 0.5%, but I can't stop talking about it, which like if you ever want to talk about addiction, it does. I do feel like some of my addictive (laughs) triggers are like 
<laughs> going toward like, let's just focus on let's like talk about this for eight hours. I don't know. It's bad, guys. I don't I and I love anybody who's finding value and no judgment. And we all feel different things about different people. And I just think that like, I don't know. And sidebar, welcome to the school of literally common sense, but to offer someone counsel of how to switch up their ed journey by saying try laxatives because you actually think that's appropriate and asking someone by the way i can't believe i'm even but asking someone by the way how they express their eating disorder is incredibly inappropriate dangerous and unsafe and um i don't care who you are do not ever do that with with anyone wait for them to share with you if they want to but do not ever ask someone how they disorder their eating like that's psychotic to me I don't I don't know I think that's wild I think that is a wild choice can we actually shift the, to the dynamics of this conversation and not talk about this unless you want to but I feel like you said yeah you don't no want I'm to. good I'm good so um, tell me tell me about I'm good <laughs> the way like I feel like I went on this diatribe about the way Beverly Hills dynamics like or maybe changing behind the scenes but not yet we're not seeing that reflected in the friend group I feel like Atlanta it's like Marlo and Sheree, I'm sorry, Sheree are doing like so much and I'm kind of into it, but I'm curious if, how you feel about like what we're seeing unfold between their like coming for Candy and Kenya specifically. Well, I mean, not to draw a parallel and I swear to God I am done, but there is something quite delightful about Sheree on Atlanta and Sheree on Beverly Hills in the sense that I think Sheree is like genuinely having fun. Totally. In her way, she's adding a lot of light to conversations and moments that are like very tense and like bad. And so I love that she's in the room. I love that she's like making, you know, jokes and making people laugh. And she seems really funny and really charismatic and dynamic. And I love it. And for Sheree on Atlanta, like I think, um, I don't know how to say this because like I don't I don't agree with that as I say it out loud but it's like it's not that she like doesn't give a shit because I know she gives many shits but her way to just kind of like go along with Marlo even though I don't think she I don't know that she like agrees with Marlo but I think she's like playing the game like she's doing like a little Completely. bit of a, a dance is to me very funny <laughs> and I like it in the ways that like Marlo thinks her insults are funny, but they're often like very damaging and mean and terrible. With Sheree, I think that she like pulls out or makes Marlo seem lighter than she is, which I think <laughs> is very valuable because Marlo can be so horrifying in her behavior sometimes that it's like, oh, it's actually kind of like funny and great that like Sheree is kind of because I just. I don't know. I think she's like so happy to be back and I'm happy she's back. And I can't think of anything to critique when it, I, I think it's, I think that they're, it's not an alliance. I think that they're like team up is funny. Cause I don't think that Sheree, I don't know. You know what I'm I saying? think, I think that Sheree is having a great time and is really happy to be back yes. and having fun and is like trying to course correct the she by Sheree stuff, but also is offering us vulnerability with like, watching her relationship that we like waited for her we watched her wait for watching it yeah. implode on camera is interesting like I think she's kind of giving us a lot and I agree that I don't know that she necessarily agrees with Marlo I think 
this is a weird parallel to draw, but I kind of see like a little bit, there's a element of Kyle in this where like Kyle is not usually the woman, the housewife to talk shit about everybody behind their back sometimes, but like that's not her MO, but she will watch, listen to a lot of people get dragged and like not defend them. And I feel like that is what Sheree, no, I'm sorry. Sheree. (laughs) That is what Sheree Whitfield was doing. She was just like, like laughing and giggling which to me was like hilarious it's like she was like like marla was like candy was a hoe can you fuck every rapper and like you're just watching sheree be like oh and it's like it was so funny and then she went to watch what happens live and someone asked like how like why did you laugh when marlo said candy was a hoe and like you know is that like why and she was like I really don't even remember it happening. She was like, but also like, <laughs> she was like, also this rumor is like not a new rumor though. She's like, Candy's been called a hoe in the past before. Like, it was like funny because she kind of said like, I don't remember it happening and didn't mean it, but also kind of doubled down on it by being like, but like Candy shouldn't be that bent out of shape about this like old rumor about her being a hoe in her like twenties. It made me laugh. And I agree. Like there is something, I, I don't want to draw the comparison. I know you and I were both more team recent season of OC than a lot of people were because I think a lot of people thought it was boring Mm -hmm. I kind of thought it was like refreshing and like not like a a minor work in this in the in the scope of OC but I didn't think it was a bad season I enjoyed like having a little bit of a refresher I think Atlanta it's like not an amazing season like we had you know from I don't know seasons like four through nine or eleven depending um but I think it does feel like a refresh it does feel like because everybody's sort of at odds, but also like a lot of different people are friends. Like I was really shocked when I watched the after show and it was like, I was like, cause they, they showed everybody in single cam at the beginning. And I was like, are people all solo? And then it opened mm-hmm. up and I was like, Drew's with candy. And I was like, how did Drew get like premium seating with candy? It's like, can you imagine if like Diana was with Kyle? It's like, that's like, what's so interesting is that candy is like the star theoretically of the show, at least in salary. But, like, she's with Drew, who to me is, like, I love, I, as Michael Arsenault said on this show, she's, like, such a tryhard, but it's, like, funny to laugh at her. And, like, mm-hmm. she, but also, like, I kind of think now she's, like, offering me what Dorit, which, again, it's, like, polarizing. People think that they're annoying or like them. But she's a, she is a tryhard, but it's, like, fun to watch her try and be a good housewife. And I think she's... Like, I think the things that are awful about her and annoying and her husband and, like, stark are interesting. And But then, like, also she's goof, like, she's silly because she has a silly business that isn't real or whatever. You know, I don't, I don't want to come from someone's business. I don't, I'm acting like I'm on Housewives. I don't want to come from someone's business. <laughs> but, like, there's just silliness around her. And then her mom being, like, there's some, like, a, there's a person after you. And then they're adding friends in, like, Fatoum is being, like, Ralph is Danielle. And I was, like, what is happening? But, like, it all feels rather light and like nobody's really super angry drew was mad that sanya called ralph drew when she was recounting a story she was like oh yeah i asked drew about and drew was like did you just call him drew and it was like what is this fight about but i'm into it like i'm into it it feels fun and i feel like most people seem like they're having a good time maybe not candy and kenya who feel like they're being attacked but i like watching candy get riled up because she doesn't always do it because people don't come for her that's what I wanted to get your thoughts on. Like, how do you feel about Candy being in hot water by um, several members of the cast? Yeah, I mean, I do think that the Candy having the having people wear sex toys was weird. I mean, I know that was like old news at this and point. She's but tripling down on it. Just, it just it, it so felt weird. weird. And like, I just felt like 
I do agree. Like, if people didn't want to do it, they didn't have to do it. But it just also felt like a distraction from her Broadway show, which I saw, which was about, like, was, like, not... Mm. It wasn't not a comedy, but it was about, like, black men's experiences in America. And obviously that really runs the gamut of what that can be. So it seemed an interesting and weird, like, deflection being of her being like, I'm going to promote my sex toy business as well as my Broadway show. And I, and I just think that was weird. Um... So I was kind of on Kenya's side, even if I thought Kenya was being a little bit like... Kenya was playing it up, in my opinion, for the show, but I also thought Candy was, like, weirdly doubling down. Um, but in terms of, like, the host stuff, like, I don't think any of that's cool. Like, I'm not, like, pro-Marlo being, like, slut-shaming and being like, Candy sucked dick in the locker room, Candy was a hoe, she has to date down and pay for, you know, buy, like, have guy because her pussy isn't that good. Like, that stuff is wild, but... Do I like watching a trailer where Candy is like, I'm not Michelle Obama. You go low, I'll go lower. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm into that. I'm into Candy having to have, like, a point of view. I think that – now I'm obsessed with Beverly Hills. But I think that sometimes when a show is successful, they just the, – the more senior people who've been around, who have higher paychecks, who have bigger followings on social, they – facilitate story but they aren't in the story i think we watch that a lot with kyle i also love garcelle she's like in my currently in my top five housewives but i think like she's mm. never been super like she's never been super in and i guess last season with rinna but like she is a facilitating a lot of drama this season and not showing a lot of personal story and whether that's because her personal story is like her going to the set of the real and writing a book and that's like boring sure but it's not like we're not talking about her personal life you know so i think what's nice is why watching Candy get called out for stuff. And yes, maybe it's silly and it's fake, but it's like she's getting pissed off because she's like, don't jeopardize my name. Don't come for my brand. Don't like ruin my, don't come for my businesses. Don't come for my husband. Like that's real stuff. I can never imagine, like I can, I imagine on like Jersey, I can imagine that happening. I can imagine that on Potomac, but I feel like some of these other shows, Beverly Hills, it's like boring because nobody's willing to like be like, we're all cool. Like, right. Like I can say something about like your this and we can get past it because we know we have like the show is about having uncomfortable conversations that you maybe wouldn't have with co-workers on camera because that's the premise of the show. Yeah, I feel like there's a line crossing that Candy is protesting on Atlanta and with Beverly Hills they're like well if we go against your boundaries that's kind of the same thing and it's not. Like it's it's not to talk about or be weird about someone's eating disorder or someone's child or children is not the same thing as like talking about gossip and that's why it's so frustrating to me, especially that BH takes up so room and so much room in my head. But I guess that's like how they're winning because they're talking about boundary crossing, which is where I spiral mm. versus Atlanta, where it's like weird candy protesting the line, which, you know, I, I think that there's a difference there between crossing the line and crossing the boundary. And then you get to that scene with Marlo and Kenya, which is Kenya saying essentially your monologue about loving and supporting women isn't real, which is like a much more interesting conversation, I think, to unpack. It just so happens that Beverly Hills is just taking up so much space in my brain. But what did you feel about that Marlo and, and Kenya moment? Not only Marlo being like, uh, if you don't stay in the house, you're not allowed on the trip. 
but also just like the general conversation of I think you're a toxic person and I'm not going to pretend. Yeah. Well, I think I kind of feel two ways about it, which is maybe a good way to feel about it in order. Like, mm-hmm. I guess I, I guess I can see both sides of like their arguments, which is hmm. I like respect what Kenya is saying, which is like you are pushing me. You want a reaction out of me. You're saying you're pro women and this is like a sisterhood. But and like that you want us all to be better friends. But then you're like you're when Ken, when drunk Kenya, which was like iconic, was, oh, you know, so and was being so funny and literally like making direct eye contact with the camera. And Marlo was like, <laughs> you're make you can't keep Mark. And I was like, oh, like it was not the time. Like Lisa, we needed to put Marlo in place. But at the same time, I I'm always most interested in, you know, I think I've said this on the show before, but maybe not. You know, like that old UCB sketch on their show where it would be like the fortune cookies um, and it would be like in and you add in bed after the fortune cookie. So like you read your fortune cookie and you're like in bed. So it'll be like you will be very prosperous in this next year in bed. Like that is the that's the that's the premise of the sketch is like you add in bed to your fortune cookie. Fortune. Wait, I didn't know that was a UCB thing. I thought that was just a thing that people did. Oh, uh, maybe it's not a UCB thing, forever. but they, the UCB had a sketch on like on their old show about it. So that's I always associate. It with oh that. yeah, no, I remember that was a big thing in like my twenties, which BCC I'm still in. <laughs> but like I remember, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, same. There was a thing of like adding in bed. Yeah, like so. When 100%. I think about housewives' arguments, I often like to add this like in bed sort of like addendum, which is. It, like this is about the show and I yeah. think I totally understand Marlo being like don't be a dickhead and bring your kid and have an Airbnb like show up late like you're you are taking the storyline and you're trying mm-hmm. to put it on your terms so you want to come out virtuous and correct and right in the argument but you're also not willing to play ball because you're like separating yourself and you know like mm-hmm. I think that last season the same thing happened with the, the best episode of that weird season was the bolo episode but candy mm-hmm. and Kenya got in it and I was a pre- this is another moment where I was appreciative of candy like being like play ball and like candy said that to Kenya in this moment she was like I wish mm-hmm. he would stay in the house with us it's like nobody wants to stay in a house with like eight people they're like friendly with but like nobody wants to wake up it with, with like somebody next door to them you know what I mean like we all want to be in our own hotel room we all want to have room service available like if that's the choice opposed to being in a huge house with a bunch of like so, sort of friends but that's not what the show is so like it just I, I understood Marlo's point and I think I err on Marlo's side because that's what the show is but I agree that Marlo like crosses the line I just I don't ever expect I don't if all of the women did things that I thought were correct or that if everyone respected everyone's boundaries and where the line is like the show would never have conflict obviously that has to happen but I do think Marlo goes really low but I would argue that like Atlanta in particular maybe Potomac as well are better about like what is fun shade and what is yes and, and like what are fun digs and what are like what's dark and I think they let a lot slide like I remember when all of the girl when Mark showed up and he was very handsome and he had a nose ring and like Portia and Nini and like they all and Cynthia like they all kind of had a joke about like his nose ring and I think Andy asked Kenya about it either on the reunion or at Watch What Happens Live and she was like oh whatever like that's fun shade whereas I feel like on another housewife show like Beverly Hills someone would have been like so upset that like you came for Mauricio and he's off limits. You know what I mean? Like, I just think that the boundary, like, I think Atlanta, like, I think that Atlanta, when they're like, Candy used to be a hoe in the 90s, maybe it is a soft spot, a tender spot for her. But to me, as a viewer, and I don't know, I'm not Candy, that doesn't feel, like, I feel like we know that's not true. We know Candy's married to Todd and has been, and they seem very happy, and, like, they seem like they show their relationship a lot and, like, their flaws and all. So to me, 
that doesn't feel like a super low blow. It might be a tender spot for Candy, but I think it creates interesting dynamic on the show. You know, what do you think? Do you think Marlo's, it's too much? I mean, sidebar, I don't remember Kenya being thrilled with the nose piercing stuff. I thought she was like, that's not great. I don't remember I her brushing she, it off. I, think I, she I could be wrong. Though. I, I think she brushed it off because I think Andy asked about it and she was like, that's like, that's okay. Like that's fun shade as long as they're not like coming for oh, his see, integrity. I don't and remember character. that. But I could be wrong, but I think I'm right. No, you're, I'm sure you're right. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that like the thing, I don't think, uh, there's a certain way that the edit can happen that, um, can reposition things and make things seem worse than they are in the moment, but that also can like give a little insight into how production wants people to feel. Yeah. And it feels like there was a kind of manipulation or just like grossness with the edit on New York and aspects of the edit on Beverly Hills, like with the idea of the to be continued saying like these really dark inappropriate moments are entertainment like this is this is there's a idea of normalizing um really gross aspects of these women's character as like the same kind of fun as anything else that i think is weird and not successful which is probably what they'd be more interested in me saying that it's just like not working yeah yeah, yeah versus I hear you. atlanta where i think that there is more of a deft ability that these women have of um understanding what to position and what not to which i know there's a difference between like talent and editors and production but i think that there it 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 becomes more clear that like when marlo is saying something that she's going too far you know what i'm saying i don't Mm -hmm. know if that makes i don't know that that makes any sense as i say it out loud but it sort of makes sense in my weird boiled over brain of like the idea that um, entertainment on Atlanta is like truly more entertaining <laughs> than the ways that entertainment has been positioned on other unsuccessful seasons of other franchises. And I think that's what's helping Atlanta, noting that like yeah. sort of similar to Orange County, I enjoyed the episode when it happens and then I, I haven't. It doesn't stay with you the same way. You're not like mulling over the... Which I feel, which I I feel bad about. Like the thing that stayed with me on this last week's, uh, on the last episode was the last 10 minutes of Atlanta. Because I was like, oh, this is actually interesting here. Because I get Marlo's perspective of like, don't take away me being the host. I finally have a peach. And Kenya being like, but you're not great. You know, like the we I can't just pretend that we're going to get along because this is your weekend when I know that you're full of shit like that to me is interesting. But I don't know that it's I guess because it's more successful, it's not staying in my brain as much, which is sad. What do you think of Marlo and her first season with a peach? Like Eva was on Watch What Happens Live promoting Girls Trip. I don't know, last week, this week, who knows? But she Mm. was saying like, I I was so happy for Marlo and I feel like she has like this platform to show a different side of herself with like Mm -hmm. her nephews and instead she's like back to the same like whatever, rotten, I don't know, you know, like she's not she's <laughs> she's not using the platform to show like the different facets of her she's and i which i don't agree with because i do think she's showing both sides but i wonder do you think she's fumbling the peach like do you think she's she's being negative too negative i mean maybe she's a negative person it's like why why are we expecting someone because they have more time on screen to be like more empathetic or kinder maybe 
you know, like she's showing us everything that's going on with her nephews, which I think is really interesting and very nuanced. And I also think like she's a mean person and we've known that for a while. So like, why would we expect her to be less mean because she has more time? Like, why would you expect? I think that would be a hope. But why would it be an expectation that because she's now a full time cast member, maybe you thought she was always relying on the mean stuff to get camera time and now that it's been secured you would think she wouldn't have to rely on it yeah maybe I think that's, that's just that who, was maybe Eva's that's just key. who but I also think that maybe that's just who Marlo is she has like some she's got some Dorinda vibes oh interesting I mean I think that's so disrespectful to Marlo I have to, honestly Dorinda is shaping up to be one of the worst housewives <laughs> of all time which is shocking because she to me like possesses so many things I like about housewives like and I thought she was such an ex- I think I would say like if I had to make a top 10 list like a listicle I would say she was one of the best like mm-hmm. additions in a, mm-hmm. in, a, in a later yeah. season Spiritual franchise. yeah totally and I think that she is just you know I love and I love Brandy Glanville and also understand people's issues with her but I just think that like when she says to you, like you're doing what I did, which is what got me fired, which you're calling mm-hmm. on pause, which is you're angry and you're drinking and you're mean and you're and you were fired and you're continuing now to be angry and mean and drunk and you have no self-awareness. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. And like Dorinda didn't understand it. It's that lack of awareness that honestly is like so alarming because it makes me think her emotional intelligence is low or her emotional maturity or maybe just self-awareness. Maybe that's not the right word. Maybe it's just self-awareness. But like, I think that what is, what I love about Brandy, love is maybe strong, but what I appreciate about her and her value to girls trip is that she knows that she's divisive. She knows that she can say things that are reactionary, problematic. Mm -hmm. She generally owns those things, even if they're disgusting um, she knows that she, when she drinks, X, Y, and Z can happen. But she owns that generally. And she also knows that lots of people watching hate her. Dorinda has, like, no awareness of herself. And it makes it so difficult to watch because you're just like, I just want her to wake up the next morning and be like, wow, I was garbage yesterday. And she, like, can't do that. And, like, we all make mistakes. Like, we're all complicated, not perfect people. We're all not good people all the time. But, like, why can't she say that? She doesn't want to admit that there's a problem here. She, like, truly cannot take into every moment of Dorinda's life that's been a mistake has been specific to that night only there's no connection there's no pattern she made a mistake she had one too many martinis the night before whatever happened happened will she discuss what happened absolutely not will she admit what happened absolutely not like it happens to her it's like when people you know when you have a a, a, an issue with your short-term memory it's like Dorinda refuses to have anything but short-term memory loss or or rather can only position herself as having short something having to do with like a moral culpable short-term memory and but the way is that she like defends her behavior while saying that said behavior didn't happen is wild like she has twice with Brandy and with Tamara when she sees that someone is crying as a result of her going too far, she literally says, dry eyed, I'm crying too. Like yeah. that's the Tamara that's stuff wild was wild because she actually was like, uh, 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 
And then like on Watch What Happens Live, if I'm not mistaken, she said like I was crying. And I was like, oh, I thought it was a joke. I thought you were mocking her. But were we supposed to believe you were really reacting? Oh, I 100% believe that she was really crying. I thought it was a I haven't bit. seen Watch What Happens in forever. No, I think that when someone is being that aggressive and nasty and mean, my reaction would be to absolutely start crying because I my body would be in. Like, no, no, no. I'm not talking shock. about camera. I'm talking about Dorinda. I thought Dorinda's like, uh, uh, I'm crying, too. I thought she was doing a bit. But then I think she doubled down and said, like, oh, I also cried. No, what? because she's lying. Like, she. I don't <laughs> think she I don't think she. I think Dorinda is thinking in her in her in her head. She's like, well, I felt like I was crying on the mean side because on the inside because someone was coming for me. So, yeah, I was definitely crying. And I think that when Dorinda said when Brandy walked out uh, off of the dining table scene or whatever and was like, I'm crying, too. I think Dorinda thought I am crying. Like, even if there are no tears, I am crying, which to Dorinda makes sense and somebody posted I forget what account just posted like the NSL moment from uh New York oh the from Halloween party ago. right from the Halloween I with, loved the, with the candles which I loved and like the candles and seeing it but the thing that like watching that moment is watching her address the thing that happened when we're just kind of like getting to know Dorinda or whatever where she's like oh I had too many you know orange cocktail whatever it was the night before and she laughs and I remember laughing with her and it's like she's used that excuse obviously a different circumstance but like she has used that excuse of oh one too many so many times that it's like oh this is just how you have always behaved in your adult life maybe you have always been this dark as a person we just were just trying to get to know you and because you were navigating a new environment and were had more of a sense of humor because there was less pressure on you. Yeah. But maybe you have always been this hurtful and mean. Like maybe it was just that we were getting introduced to you. Yeah. And you were having more fun. But like maybe you were always this nasty, which is tough. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing me with free samples. Astapro is a first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. It delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Living in New York City is not easy. Just ask Sonia, trying to sell that house. There are so many mornings where I wake up and think, oh my gosh, I'm having the worst cold of my life. And I realize it's actually from allergies. When my nasal allergies flare up, and that happens when the season changes and the temps get a little warmer than they normally are, I use Astapro, and I'm amazed at how fast I'm back in the game. And that game is looking for Dorinda on the Upper East Side. Astapro always has my back and nose. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies.
Paris is always a good idea. And when I schlep on over to Europe to my favorite city in the world, I bring with me a few important phrases that I have learned from housewives. C'est bon, c'est bon. Chic, c'est la vie. Je m'appelle the Countess. N'est-ce pas, Luanne? And while those key phrases are important when speaking to any French bravoholic for other matters of life, that's where Rosetta Stone comes in. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including, of course, French. It features fast language acquisition. It immerses you in so many ways. There's no English translations. So you really learn to speak, to listen, and to think in that language. It's an intuitive process. You pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. J'adore Chris Manzo. Et toi? There's a speech recognition filter, which gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's convenient with desktop and app options, and it's an amazing value. Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. A steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, AGs can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. Today. I wonder, hmm, I think that the friend, I know I love drawing parallels. It's like my, like. I love a parallel. Sometimes, but sometimes. I love a comparison. Sometimes not in a good way, like not in a, in a correct way. Welcome to my life. But you know, like I think that the show, I've heard a few interviews or like a few people critique like different franchises. Like for example, when Teresa was really drunk and spread the rumor about Evan. And I think that for Mm. Christian Gray Snow, that's his name, correct? Mm-hmm. I think when he was on your show, I think he said something like, well, they, they don't want like Teresa can't use that as an excuse to why she spread the rumor because production doesn't want her to say like they f- they got me fucking, you know, I was drinking Patron on the rocks all night because that's my drink and they know to have it, you know, like they don't want you to just he didn't say that that was me again, putting, but like they don't want you to blame alcohol for your behavior consistently. Oh. And I think that okay. I think some of that issue came up with Kyle with. Sutton, the way she's acting like mm-hmm. out of her mind and people were like, Kyle, Kyle, Kyle. And I think that in Kyle said she was like, I was trashed. And she did, I think, in the after show say like she had too many mm-hmm. margaritas and maybe she like maybe I'm sure like from time to time it's the truth, but it can't be consistently your crutch. And I think that I'm not I know that some people like really feel triggered by like labeling people as such. But like to me, Dorinda is an alcoholic. There are many housewives that are alcoholics that are not that are that have, have or have drinking problems and don't address it and don't and I think that like that that push and pull with them it's like hard because it creates tension and no one wants to label them as such on camera but also like they're awful and I think sometimes it's sad like Sonia and sometimes it's mean like Dorinda and sometimes it's chaotic like Brandy and sometimes like there's a lot of examples of it um if you like we could probably find somebody on every franchise and I just think that like she has a problem and 
I think that I I told you this yesterday in a voice note that like both <laughs> Eva and Brandy in separate interviews have both like been like offered her a lot of grace in saying I know she's going through something or like she's not in a good place and my brain's like what is that place is it because she's still grieving the loss of her husband and they know that she like is is dealing with that is it because they know she has a drinking problem but don't want to label it as such like people are offering her a lot of grace and listen everyone deserves I would say lots of people deserve grace, especially people we're watching who are being edited to be characters on TV. We can give them a little bit of grace. However, you're still like you're still allowed to be held accountable for your behavior. You're not allowed to be a monster and mean to people and then be like, I'm going through something. We all have stuff. We don't need to. It's not a competition. We don't need to rank, but everybody has stuff and we're all hopefully doing the best we can. She can't just like be awful to everyone in that house and then and get a pass. And I don't know. I think that sadly I loved her and I like when she's good, I still do. But I sadly feel like her this un, not great place that she in is going to be rewarded by casting her on legacy. Like I think that, that she's going to come in hot and have conflicts probably with everybody because of how they treated her when she was put on pause or how Jill treated her on girl strip. Like she's going to come in guns a blazing for everyone because she had, because whoever knows is on the cast, whether it's Ramona, Luann and Sonia who all stayed on the show after she was fired. She's going to have something to say about it. Whether it's Jill who she just filmed girl strip with, she's going to have something to say, whether it's Tinsley who just, who like, uh, maybe coming back who they had a conflict. Like she's going to have something with everyone coming in. I think production's going to think see it as an asset, and I think the viewers are going to be like, wow, Dorinda's a monster. Yours look so sad. I mean, it's just I had to Google a quote while you were <laughs> talking, and I was actively listening because I was like, this reminds me of something. And the quote, resentment is like drinking poison, expecting the other person to die came to mind except say it one more time drinking poison no sorry resentment is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die i'm gonna do one more time guys resentment is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die except i think dorinda's the poison Mm. so when it comes to like offering this woman grace you could be doing that to offer grace to yourself and maybe also a protective layer of like, they can't really harm me, try as they might because they're going through something, which I think is actually like very healthy coping when you're dealing with someone as like violent as Dorinda is, because I do think that there's like a violence in how she is gleefully trying to harm and hurt people and refuses to let go. Like the, the Brandy thing that scene in the finale was it's so tough to watch because she wants to hurt Brandy's feelings because she's so deeply in, uh, she's so deeply sensitive and also insecure. Mm-hmm. And so Brandy acknowledging in a light way the fact that Dorinda has acted woefully inappropriate if we're going to like pretend she's the host, which seems like she was. <laughs> For Brandy to, I mean, it's like a little bit of know your audience. This is a woman who's unwell, who's like yeah. raged against the machine. Mm-hmm. If she even, if there's a whisper, a machine is present, she's going to fucking rage. So like, do you think she's going to take, yeah, maybe you do. Cause you guys have like turned a page or whatever. Maybe not the greatest choice. Cause she's obviously like not really present as a human mm-hmm. and she shows you that she's not. And was that appropriate for her respondent to Brandy in that way? Absolutely not. And you're like raging at this person for it's not even but sure let's pretend it's even but then I think the ways that these women process it in press interviews is to either say like she's 
unwell, which Jill has said, like, literally has unwell. said in press. She's like, she has a drinking problem. She said in a press interview this past week, like, that it, it, that it needed to be addressed or would be addressed if they got on Legacy, which I was like, oh, my God. And with who were you saying gave Grace, Eva and Brandy? Yeah. I think uh, I think some of that is like thinking along the lines of that quote of like, I don't know, in order to get through it, I'm going to give her more grace regardless of whether or not it's deserved, which I do think sometimes like, I don't know, I guess if I was like more whatever, everybody deserves grace. But like, I don't actually really feel that. In ah! real life? No. I mean, in our real life, you have to just, right? ga- you have to gauge everything in your life. Yeah, and I think, like, boundaries and whatever else, and, like, that gets into a weird area of, like, am I hurting myself by excuse- it, by coming off as, like, excusing someone's behavior? You know what I'm saying? Totally. Where it's, like, it gets very tricky. And in this, I just think it's, like, sort of a way to process with, with self-care, also acknowledging that if you do say her behavior is bad in a press outlet and the headline is, like, her behavior is bad, imagine what your text messages are going to look like from this person. She's, like, obviously unwell and mean um and it is what it is I mean man Dorinda coming back on girls trip did you already make the comparison on the show that you made in a voice note to me on this episode that we've been recording about um, a certain someone not being asked back can you make oh that no I haven't but I it was really good can you do can you say it because it was really it was a voice note moment this was about the rumored cast for legacy that was like going around on Instagram is that what you're talking about with no Ramona 100% well, I think it's a conversation that a lot of us have had for many months. About if Ramona. Not about Ramona. And like my feeling, which I said on Andy's Girls, it felt to me, I said on Andy's Girls more than once, it felt to me like Ramona being cast on Girls Trip was Bravo's way of... Ending her story. Being, maybe. I think it gave them a thing of like, we're, this is like the way to like beep, beep. Maybe. But that was before Legacy was even announced as a possibility, if I'm remembering yeah, correctly. Yeah, so. I think what happened was they filmed it, and then Ramona had the New York was such a bad season, and it was edited in a way that seemed like they could be putting a bow on her story. Um, and so then there was speculate. Now there's the Legacy, and there's many different speculated casts, but one of them is like all the usual sus- suspects, including Luann, Sonia... Dorinda it's Jill, essentially everybody. Kelly, it's and Kelly. then and then it's not Tinsley. Like there's a big, it's, right, tin- it's not like there's a big pool to choose Tinsley from. Tinsley is honestly. sort of the surprising person, and no Ramona. Um, and I was telling you yesterday or the day before that watching Dorinda on like or uh, on Girls Trip, I I kept thinking like, you know, I think Brandy said this in maybe on two teas or a pod, two teas in a pod that. Dorinda's being rewarded for this behavior. And if she comes back for legacy, she will be rewarded for it. And I think that what is interesting about that is that I think Bravo, because Dorinda is maybe polarizing and some people love her, but she's coming off this season where two seasons now where she's looked awful. I think that they're going to see this as an opportunity. As I mentioned before, she has conflict with basically all of those people, except for Kelly Ben Simone to be able to come into a show and be able to be a source of conflict for story uh, be able to be a villain if there needs to be one without them having to bring Ramona because Ramona's uh, toxicness or conflict w- teetered into race and uh, anti-Semitism. So people don't want to go near that, understandably. But they also, I think, that all the people in the comments are like, no, Ramona, we need her. No, Ramona, we need her. We need conflict. I think they have conflict in this n- n- new Dorinda who's unwilling to 
you know, see outside of herself. And so it's like, great, she can come in, she can try and go for Tinsley, go for Jill. Those are the easy targets. And then go for Sonia and Jill and, uh, I'm sorry, Sonia and Luann as well. Like, I think that it positions her in actually a better place, but it allows the network to cut ties for Ramona, but not have to uh, sacrifice story for legacy. And feel free to correct me if I am um, generalizing in a way that's not accurate, but like, I I think your thinking was something along the lines of like, this is the new villain. Totally. Yeah. You don't need Ramona to be the villain anymore because you have Dorinda now, which makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. It's also just, I mean, who even knows what, I don't think they know what legacy is supposed to be. And some of that makes sense. Like you don't really know until it's filmed. Like, is this supposed to be a multi-season thing? Like, are you going to have two New York shows in parallel or is this the swan song? And I think that's where like the question of like Dorinda, you know, how long could she stay on the show? It's like, well, they might not even know how long the show is supposed to exist. I think they're going to do a thing where they're going to say, they're going to position it however they, whatever, once they get it, they're going to say, yeah, like, like and just like birth, that was supposed to yeah. be, be a mini series. And now it is coming back for a second season because it was the most successful, whatever. And I feel like that's, they're going to position it as a swan song ish mm-hmm. with the mm-hmm. open and open door to, and I think that then they can also continue to bring people back. Like, Aviva or Carol or Heather or like anyone who's not going to be in this first iteration can come back to future seasons. So yeah, I think it they'll whatever they get on the content they get they get they'll decide what kind of show it is. Um, I'm wondering if we can play a game. I know you not- love nothing more than a game, and especially what? But I wonder if we can go through the cast. Of- oh, I'm so excited! Can you if we go through each woman in Ultimate Girls Trip? Can you tell me? Oh, no. If you th- would like for them to come back to their OG franchise, and if... Oh, no. I'm curious. Yeah. No, and if, and if. Tell me more of the... And if oh, not, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, not that... I, I, don't know, I haven't really thought about it, honestly, so I'm curious, because I feel like everyone's like, now that Tamara has officially been greenlit to come back for OC, I just feel like now we know that there's potential for that to happen, and I wonder if you, if you have feelings about anyone. If you were like, I loved... Eva and I do think she should come back to Atlanta or if you're like this was a perfect time and space for Eva and I don't need to see more of her well it's so hard because you know it's like there's a difference between like did they do a better job of positioning themselves for a potential return versus like do I think do I like them more versus mm, 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 like mm. there's so many ways even the way that like when I talk about my top five for example not me procrastinating doing this but like the way that I think of my top five is not like the best housewives of all time it's like who do I personally cherish it's like who do yeah, I, I have the affection way. for that's the most how, that's how I write and mine. it could be really problematic people or whatever but like it doesn't matter you're you can't the top five to me is like hashtag safe space of like it's just who you have and like if you want to have a top five that's like Ramona and Vicky, like you have the right to decide who you have affection for. And so with this, I'm like, okay, wait, what's the question? Is it like, who do I like more? Who do I think should return? Who do I want to return? Because me wanting to return may or may not involve having more affection for them as a part of the show versus like I mean it, it can value. be it can you can qualify out however you want. I'm just curious. How sh- you get you tell me how to qualify it? Qualify it. Give me two. Say, did this did Girls Trip make you like them or yes. dislike them more? And then be like, would you be interested in them getting another round? Or are you good? Okay, great. Okay, name a person. Okay, let's start with Eva. Okay, and tell me again. Do, 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 did you leave Girls Trip liking her or disliking her more or less? Liking would you, more. Would you be interested in her getting another chance on Atlanta? No, no disrespect. Okay, Phaedra. 
Um, did the show make you like her, dislike her more? Like her more. Would you want her to come back to Atlanta? I would be open to that conversation, but I don't think it will happen because she literally is she's unwilling literally, to acknowledge she's also literally like, saying like i'm gonna buy a house and move to dubai and i would like to join that show so i feel like she's like <laughs> angling for something because she knows it's not gonna happen on atlanta um i think okay. it's like a not applicable because like Paige was refusing yeah she's an exception um okay what about vicky uh like her more okay would you be into her coming back on oc here's the thing is like i have thought about this genuinely I don't know what, and I don't, no disrespect to Victoria, but like, what value would she, I don't know what I understand what value she would bring. Uh, genuinely, no, I, I don't I understand. Think, I, I I don't think I understand what value she. Would bring. No, I agree. I think it is interesting. Like, I think that her fam, like her kids. I guess maybe Michael still lives in OC, but like her daughter moved away. He uh, just moved back. He left New York, and he's now in like San Diego. And the fact that I even know that. So is like, ridiculous. yeah, like her fa- her kids are grown. Like I don't. I agree. Like I think she does offer an interesting perspective because she is, as the women decided, self involved and like much more sensitive than I think they thought. Like I like liked all of that. I thought it was funny, but also illuminating. I don't know in a group dynamic though. She's not always great because she doesn't want to play ball with other women unless she knows them. So like she would play ball with Shannon and Tamara and maybe Heather, but like she would be like, I don't care about Gina and Emily. And it would be like, okay, we did. This is why you got fired the first time. Like you have to play ball. I'm into her going on another girl's trip. I would be into her going on a girl's trip. That's like fancy and seeing if she still hates it. Like I, I would be into that. I would be into a girl's trip that was like her and like Gina Keogh and Lynn and Tamara. Like, oh, like, a, like a legacy OC where it's like six episodes of them reuniting. Like, I would be into that, watching her in that kind of um, pressure cooker because it's like women she has history with, you know? A hundred percent. There was a suggestion raised on Instagram of doing like a matriarch girls trip. I saw where it's like Caroline Manzo and like, and I think that like put Vicky in that group. I think that would be so wild to see which women are absolutely bored of this dynamic and yawning <laughs> and which ones are like going to extra and which ones are just happy to be included. Like I, I would be into it. I, I, again, the, the, the defense on social for Vicky of like, she deserves to come back because she's an OG. I don't think that's how television works. And like, I'm okay pretending I understand how television works in support of my weird defenses of, of people. Course, but like, of course. With Vicky, I'm like, I don't think you can bring her back to the show because she was on the first. I like, I'm that, sorry. Like, Apologize. Apologies to this woman. Yeah, no, I, I actually agree. And I think that like maybe in five years, like if something changes, you know, it's like also people need to live lives to have things to talk about on the show. And like if your show is o- life is only about the show and you're not a somebody who's like Tamara, who is just good at moving story and good at calling people out and doesn't care if people don't like them. And or you're not funny, then like there's no value. And to me, Vicky's funny, but like not like good comic timing. Like funny because like she ends up in the hospital because she's wasted at every trip. You know what I mean? It's a different. She, her value is really circumstantial. She needs more life stuff to come back. Sidebar, um, and I am going to make you record a Patreon, not right now, but later. <laughs> and guys, you can look for that this weekend. But like, there is something to be said. You made me, you forced me, you knocked on my door and said, Sarah, you can't do anything else with your life until you listen to two T's in a pod or whatever the fuck. Oh my God, I he can't did it. You he did. literally told me, he, he literally I told actually me said, do don't, it. it's self harm. <laughs> I know. And I did it anyway. Listen to it last night, the special Tamara's coming back thing. And there was something you said earlier in the episode, which, or that we talked about when it comes to like Sheree's lightness on Atlanta. Anna, that I the the joie de vivre that she's expressing the je ne sais quoi that I'm really enjoying and it's connected to me with Tamra saying like on that episode that I I don't know that I would encourage you to listen to but it is quite good and I I do cherish Tamra right now is like 
she was upset about being fired. She didn't think she was going to be brought back, but she thinks her break was really helpful because it gave her a genuine break. And I think you can feel that new energy on Girls Trip, which she said also she agrees that that contributed to her being brought back. Like you can feel that she took a little bit of a genuine rest and pause and feels lighter as a result. I really think that. And I think that with Sheree too, that like the break, which I'm sure was really difficult and with Sheree it was longer, but the break really helped them. And I think that's the problem with Dorinda is she can't let go with anything in her life. So for her being put on pause is just this stranglehold around her because she she's like spinning out. I think it's worse for her that she was told she was put on pause Mm -hmm. and she was told she was fired absolutely because she fully she said this on watch what happens she said it in press she doesn't want to know why she was let go but she refuses to acknowledge that this pause might be permanent she's holding on like she does with everything in her life to the worst aspects that work so counter to moving forward that because she can't acknowledge that she maybe behaved in a way that really hurt her employment, she can't let go of that. And that bad stuff has deepened. And it's like, ooh, look at the, it's why I love when an OG comes back spiritual or otherwise when it works. And I think in Tamara's case, it, it's going to work. In Sheree's case, it obviously has. And in Dorinda case, in Dorinda's case, It's like, well, if she's a replacement for Ramona, I guess that works. But like, it's not going to work for this person and it's not going to work for the show long term. Anyway, continuing on. What's another name? And tell me again what the thingies are. (laughs) Taylor Armstrong. Did the show make you like her or dislike her more? And do you think she should come back? I guess it would really be OC because she lives there now. Agnostic. um, (laughs) Which I always forget what that means. But like. What's an atheist is when you don't believe in God and an agnostic is when you're like, whatever, like, you, like what don't happens, believe happens. or not believe. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know what I am in my life. Okay. I know I'm Jewish, which means Hanukkah. But um, I I think I'm agnostic in the fact that I um, whatever. And then what's the second part of that? Do you w- think she would you like want her to join OC? Because I think that's where she lives now. So maybe not Beverly Hills. I feel like she couldn't handle that. I Beverly. think she could. I don't know that she needs to be a friend of. I, I could see her at an event. I don't know that. Um, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that for Taylor, but I, I want the best for her. Okay, Brandy, that, Gla- Brandy Glanville. Yeah. Did the show make you like her or dislike her more? I think the show made me appreciate some aspects of her while also acknowledging that truly nothing has changed when it came to her using Russell's death by suicide as an insult against Taylor I was like oh there's that darkness of someone absolutely crossing a line and then not understanding how that's connected to somebody else crossing a line because you refuse to acknowledge that you crossed the line would you You want to only acknowledge that somebody else would you want her back on Beverly Hills no and I'm sorry that she was let go or whatever or canceled which I think the women thought meant cancel culture and not like canceled from appearing at the reunion which made me laugh but um no thank you um but maybe but no no thank you but maybe absolutely not um, okay, and then I think at the last woman, we I feel like Dorinda's covered, but what about um, Jill? No, do Dorinda. Okay, we'll end on Dorinda. How about Jillian Zarin? Jillian Zarin. Did this show make you like her or dislike her more? 
like her, although um, we will be unpacking the funeral conversation on Patreon oh because I haven't unpacked that in full. And I actually think I understand what she was trying to say, even though she was baldly lying <laughs> to um, parts of it. I don't think there's any chance of her coming back to the new New York, but are you a proponent of her coming back to Legacy? Meaning Wait. she's not going to be on like the reboot in New York. She- oh, nobody. None of the OGs are going to be. I thought you meant no chance of her coming back on Legacy. And I was like personally harmed and affected by that. Yeah, 100% want her on Legacy. Um, I think that you and I have had some conversations about Jill offline that I would love for us to unpack because um, the TLDR is like, as she herself has said, she doesn't want anyone to dislike her. But also she does things that are genuinely like make a person dislike her behavior and she's so offended by people holding her accountable for her behavior but it's like sweetie if you did these things but you're so afraid of being disliked but it not afraid enough to like I not do these things int- that are wild it's 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 an interesting look you know how OC's really had so much turnover in its cast over the years and I feel like you know it's like some women it's like oh they weren't cut out for this you know like they disappeared and what's interesting about Jill is like she did three seasons a very long time ago and four so- seasons Oh, you're right. right, right. Morocco, her favorite trip. You're right. You're right. You're right. But I just like I think that when I see her, I'm like, I don't know that you're really cut out for this, but you're so thirsty, clearly, that you want to be like part of the mix. And then the whole time you're sort of like, I don't want to I don't drink. These people are wild. I don't want to be in the drama. I couldn't do this again. And then I'm like, but then why are you here? Like, I just like I find that we can talk about this on a Patreon, but like I am sort of fascinated by her because I feel like she seems like of an of a different era. Like she shouldn't be trying to come back. But she wants to, and I'm like, I just think you're going to get eaten alive, babe. Yeah, it's the difference between the environment changing, the idea of Housewives has changed, the actual, versus, like, you just don't remember what this was like before. Because she was dragged season three of New York for her. So it's not, you can't totally, and I'm not saying she's doing this, I'm saying, like, I sometimes do this when talking about Jill. It's like, well, we had, Jill Jill was always like this. Again, sometimes your worst aspects deepen as the show mm-hmm. goes on. But, like, she was always making production-related calls. Like, Tamara even saying on that pod that, like, Jill called PR because she was so upset about something Tamara said on Watch What Happens is, like, that's Jill was known to be, like, one of the most challenging housewives behind the scenes. She's the only one that we know so far who secretly recorded it's an wild. entire watch what happens because she was so paranoid about the edit on watch what happens which is not known for being like really shady in that way against its guests and so to have that kind of paranoia and like oh it just is tough okay and who was the other one i feel like you missed a house and dorinda we did wh- so we did brandy and taylor we did phaedra and eva we did vicky we didn't do tamra because she's coming back we did jill yeah. so the last i think wh- tamra's obvious you I, I definitely feel better about her and i'm very happy about her return and dorinda feel worse and and i, I it's i feels like it's a foregone conclusion she's gonna return i just like wish that she Maybe I mean I think there's I a know. version where she can get broken down on le- legacy because she has more history with those women theoretically you know what I mean like she and Lou and she and Sonia and her I guess even her and Jill although I think it is very clear to me that like they were not like close friends like they were in the same circle and maybe like you know and like I think that like that like Jill was like oh she like threw me away and didn't acknowledge like when when she got on the show and then Dorinda was like 
we weren't really that good of friends. And I was like, oh, like that is obvious. Like to me, that's obvious. So I feel like sometimes the idea that people know each other doesn't necessarily mean that they are. You know, it's like Jill was like, I brought Dorinda into film. And then she's like an extra in a party scene. And it's like, yeah, mm. it seems like you guys had common friends in common, but maybe aren't weren't ever besties, you know? And I think Jill expected better treatment for the opportunity that she gave Dorinda. Can I say something incredibly controversial? Yeah. Okay, guys, safe space. Just take this journey with me. Okay. So in parent-child dynamics, and I'm thinking specifically of mother-daughter, there is sometimes the experience of like, you're young, you're very young, so like maybe you don't know if your mom's a piece of shit, you're going to love her because she's your mom. Yeah. Then there's like teenage years, your mom's a devil regardless, hormonal, whatever. Then there's the young adult years where often there's like estrangement or stuff, (laughs) BCC my life, where there's like... You know, sometimes all the stuff that was stirring when you were little and didn't feel safe or didn't feel like you could express yourself. And then you're just like a monster when you're a teenager. And then sometimes some of that stuff comes out when you're a young young adult, when you feel like you have the freedom. Maybe that's by living in a different location or otherwise to like maybe express some stuff that's been contained. Mm -hmm. Then at a certain point in your adulthood, there often is the like... And this is obviously very different with different relationships, whatever. And you do you. But there's often the like, let's just have peace of like, I acknowledge now that you're a person. I myself am a person. And there's a connection that I want to exist where it's like, let's put some stuff on the side. I would be very curious, and this will literally never happen. But having seen the different stages of mother-daughter relationships, where we've seen that with um, Ramona and her child. We've seen that with Jill and her child. We've never really seen that with Hannah and Dorinda. Uh-huh. And I would be kind of curious, this will literally never happen, and I don't know Hannah's experience, to get a better understanding of what it was like to have Dorinda as a parent. Because we've seen her be wild and mean and nasty with these women on the show. I don't know what she's like in real life and as a parent, and I'm not like questioning anything, but I would be curious for like an understanding from Hannah of what their relationship and dynamic was and how Hannah feels about Dorinda on the show. Cause Hannah is younger than I am. We are both spiritually mid twenties plus, but hers is like less spiritually and like more literally, I think in her mid twenties. <laughs> um, and so she might be at the stage of like, Maybe she does genuinely think like this is all kind of a joke. It's like reality TV, whatever. And maybe there's like a little bit of a like my relationship with my mom is precious and I get that. And maybe there's like a little bit of a like she just does this on the show. But like my deep, dark secret is like I would love or deep, dark yearning wish is like I would be curious to like get into more of like the Dorinda Handa dynamic. Like what's Dorinda like when the doors are closed? I, I don't know. I mean, I would have said probably, like, she seems really maternal. I would have thought, like... She could be. I'm not... And this isn't me no, questioning no, no, no. Dorinda as... And I just want to make clear, I'm not questioning as a parent. I would just be curious because mother-daughter relationships are so intense often and, like, indescribable after I spent three minutes trying to describe it that, like, it would be interesting because Dorinda is such a complicated person of getting an understanding of what their dynamic is. Well, maybe we'll get it on Legacy. I don't know. I doubt it, but maybe. I mean, maybe we would get Sonia now that her daughter is an adult is 
18 and can make the decision to film, it might be interesting to get Sonia's perspective with um, her child too. Like I would love to see that. And, and because Sonia's daughter is younger than Hannah, again, in a different, you know, you want to see, you want to see Hannah's um, Hannah, Avery and what Quincy um, all hang out together. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see them hang out. Also Quincy's like a very accomplished artist. And Victoria maybe can be there as well. Speaking of artists. Um, yeah, Vic, is that her name? Isn't that Luann's daughter's yeah, name? No, that is. And I want to see um, Noelle hang out and run around. They're both artists, too. A lot of artists come in from the New York ladies. Love to see it. Love to see the visual arts. Um, Damien Bellino, I could talk to you forever. We are doing a Patreon episode, not at this moment, but shortly, because uh, I do want to talk to you about the Tamra of it all. And also, we've just truly got to talk about Jill. Um, can you tell the AGs a little bit about your phenomenal podcast you might know her from and what you've got cooking and um, where they can follow you on social? You can find me on social on all of the things at Damien Bellino. It's Damien with an A. And uh, I am a co-host and co-producer of You Might Know Her From, where we interview character actresses, um, women and non-binary performers who certainly don't get enough uh, shine from the industry. So it's all about cracking open their stories and talking to them. Mm. Um, we This summer we interviewed Dot Marie Jones. We just interviewed Susie Nakamura, who's in POTUS on Broadway um, through August. Um, and so, yeah, it's a, it's a fun pop culture podcast. And you should check us out wherever you listen to podcasts, including this one. And we're on like a little summer hiatus, but um, we will be back in the fall on a more consistent schedule. I love a summer hiatus. Me too. Um, and did you say where people can follow you on social? You I might did. Have. Say it again. I did. Say it again. Dam- say it again. At Damien Bellino. D-A-M-I-A-N-B-E-L-L-I-N-O. Love spelling. And guys, follow me on Instagram at Dame Galley. A bunch of women Bravo um, creators came together to do a fundraiser for Planned Parenthood, which was organized in like literal in two seconds after the SCOTUS announcement. And there are two days left. So when this episode goes up, there's going to be one day left to contribute. We are $600 away from raising 12000 which is incredible. So head over to my Instagram at Dame Galley so that your donation can be counted. I'd love for us to hit 12 um, in the 48 hours that we've got and uh, got left. And we're just a little bit under $600 away from that, which is incredible. So thanks to everybody for donating. Um, and just follow me on Instagram because you can see the clothes and my shoes and so much more. And Damien and I are going to be <laughs> recording a feature and episode because I literally haven't fully unpacked that funeral Michigas on Girls Trip, which was so many voice notes from you and I back and forth to each other. About the funeral? About Jill's um, response to the funeral filming, which was uh, news for for many of us. Um, but I then it sort of clicked to me, what I think, what she was trying to say. So I oh, want to unpack okay. that with you. I'd love for you I to know. translate for me. I think I do have a little bit of a translation where I was like, oh, wait, I think I get this. Um, so look for that on Patreon. The number one way to support the, the pod, patreon.com slash Girls. I am re-signing my lease today. Rent going up $400. And that's okay. It's just a journey that's taking place. But if you're interested in supporting me being able to remain in the office, which is going to be a month to month process. 
process, please sign up for the Patreon. You get exclusive bonus episodes, invites to special Zoom kikis, and so much more. Thanks to everybody for um, being AGs and being a part of this conversation, this little social experiment that Damien and I created together about 85 years ago, which is wild because I'm only 23. Um, And it's just been such a journey that we have had in this time. I think together as podcasters, um, part-time as human people as well. And uh, any chance that I have to um, force you, sass you into coming back on the pod is one that I cherish. And guys, if you didn't know this, Damien quite literally saved my life in May when I found out after the fact that 911 not been called. 90% chance of fatality. So um, I'm so thankful uh, for your friendship and life-saving sass um, and for not um, judging me as I vomited in the ambulance. And, oh, it's um, my pleasure. Thanks for having so me much. on. I'm so glad you lived. Thank you. And I think the AGs, some of them probably are very thankful. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Judging by my DMs, I think that's a different situation. But um, guys, I hope you're all doing okay. Record temps all over the place. If you, uh, like myself, have some heat, yada, yada, or just, you know, are trying not to be a total crisp. Isn't that a, what does that mean in British? I don't know. That's different. Crisps are different. I think the crisps are fries, actually. They're not chips. And Anyway, shout out to the UK AGs. Um, just stay safe. Stay cool. Stay hydrated. Don't be thirsty unless you're Jill because it's great TV. And we will chat with you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.